Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about follow-up. How much is too much? And when can we cross that line to where we become an annoying, pestering fool? Right. (laughs) Rather than an exceptionally qualified awesome candidate. Exactly. Follow-up is one of my favorite topics. Um, I've said many times, you may have heard it in in prior podcasts. I'm sure you will hear it in the future from me. Follow-up is the most important step of any process. If you aren't following up well, you don't know if it truly works, other than anecdotal evidence. And I'm not going to get into a lot of um, debate over this. I just find that if you follow up in a thoughtful manner, uh, the, the chances of success, whatever it is you're trying to do, increase. If you're thinking that it's too much, it probably is. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. How often would you want to be followed up with? Uh, and how much? And what method? And what does that look like? Kind of use a little bit of empathy and put that yourself in their position. Sure. And and understand the context of what your follow-up might be related to. So I've been unemployed several times, been laid off uh, just from the nature of the work that I've done. And the result is I end up looking for work afterwards. I've, I've done this many times. Well, I've also been a hiring manager. I, I tend to see people behaving toward me when I was looking for an employee, similarly to how I was behaving as well. And so as I look at the things that work for me, the things that don't work for me from these candidates, it's sort of bringing it full circle and I get a different understanding of how I might have been coming across if I was following up too often or, or, or not often enough. What I was saying as I was following up, all of these things came into better focus. So short of becoming a hiring manager all of a sudden, you will want to put your own activities through that filter to see how it works on the other side. And you'll never know exactly what the other person might be thinking, and that's okay. Think of all the times where follow-up could make a difference in your career. That's how we're approaching this. It could relate to an interview. It could just be you trying to build relationships inside your organization. It could be you wanting to do a career change. Whatever the context is, networking, interviewing, what have you, this podcast episode is really dedicated to help you get better at that activity in terms of how you approach people. And the approach really does make a difference. If your intent is to build strategic relationships that you want to incubate over time, you're always going to be seeking people that fit that that mold rather than maybe a tactical series of things you do just to get a job or an offer or yes. to find out status on your application, whatever well, it might be. Your ultimate goal is different. When you want to establish these relationships, it's the relationship that becomes the goal. That What a successful relationship looks like in this context is going to take time to build. All of that changes the way you're defining the, the road to success. So the approach does shift really quite quite dramatically. With that said, you're also going to want to think about what strategically could benefit 
both sides of that networking conversation over time. As I'm talking, for example, to a department manager today, uh, tomorrow I may be talking to a CEO or maybe somebody who works in the mailroom. And I'll, I'll tell you, those are some of my favorite people because they interact with everyone in the organization on some level. They know what's going on and they're usually the ones that are perceived as being the lowest on the, the ladder. Well, guess who's holding up the ladder, yeah. right? All of these different relationships, as you build the relationships over time, you're going to become on some level a friend. When does it come to, oh, I need to get in touch with the gatekeeper? The people that you've built these long-term relationships with can probably get you not only to the gatekeeper, but beyond. So you're shaking hands, kissing babies, yeah. making friends in the mailroom. <laughs> exactly. Scott, you're amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So here's an idea. The reason I brought that up is if, if you have an objective in anything, certainly you want to leave a lasting impression. A good you want one. To, you, right. You want a, a good lasting impression, positive. I guess what I was suggesting is you need to identify those group of people that you feel are strategic yeah. to your future because that's the part you control. Certainly, you want to have different kinds of relationships exactly. professionally. Yes. But in this case, I don't think we can have hundreds of really solid strategic relationships. No, the, the, that's not being strategic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is the plan? Talk yeah. to a, a hundred people. Wow. Uh, on the other hand, making the decision to take a long-term approach means that there won't be as many short-term successes. And for some of our listeners, they need the short-term successes. There's nothing wrong with taking an approach to what is going to get me that first interview. How can I do the short-term relationship type activities that are going to get me into the interview faster? These are all decisions that only you can make, but that's going to be a different approach. And it's good. It's just not going to have the long-term benefits. So understanding the difference and using both at the appropriate times is going to set you up. Perhaps it would be easier for our audience, maybe, if we separated the do's from the don'ts. Okay. And we really discuss from that perspective sure. what we would recommend in terms of follow-up. Uh, let's start with the do's. Let's start with the positive. Absolutely. And I don't mean the do-do's, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I, we're <laughs> we're going to start with the do's. Well, keep, keep your follow-up meaningful. Yeah. Meaningful. The conversation should really be obviously mutually beneficial. But when you follow up, don't just say, hey, I was just calling to follow up. Yeah, well, <laughs> if, uh, I, I suppose if that's the best you can do, right? No, it, having a meaningful conversation, again, what's meaningful to one person may be different from what's meaningful to another, but the idea you're bringing something to the table that helps them. One of the nice things that I hear in the Pacific Northwest fairly often is, how can I help you? And I think it's meant well. I think they, they truly want to be able to help, but often it becomes clear pretty quickly that they're offering only because they want something from you. And they don't really do a good job of masking that. I'm not saying you should mask it. I'm saying you should want to help other people because those are the types of people we all want to meet and get to know. Those who truly enjoy helping others. They have a different mindset. They don't have ulterior motives or hidden agendas. And it's been my experience that generally I can figure out when it's just 
there this person has a it, hidden it agenda. just feels a little slimy exactly you can and, and you i can don't feel it and i don't follow up with them I, I don't want to have any more interaction, as as my mother likes to say. I don't want to get to know that person any better than I already do. I, I love your mom. I already. do too. <laughs> you know, it's but it's one of those things that we all have been there. We all go through this with somebody in our lives, right? Especially on the professional level, we are talking to somebody that we just can't get past the idea that this person is asking for political reasons. And I just don't like working with people like that. You seem very transparent. Why don't you just tell them, hey, I'm getting the feeling that you're asking for political reason. I, but, I, but I digress. No, actually, I have done that when, when I've had someone... Maybe that's another podcast. Attached, <laughs> they, they want to connect with yeah. me on LinkedIn, and I can't figure out by looking at their profile why they yeah. would want to connect with me. And I, it's really just because they have a motive to they, get beyond me. Well, they're self-interested. Yeah. Yeah, self-interest, political, whatever you want to call it. Really, the objective when you reach out to somebody is have purpose. Exactly. Have it be meaningful. Add value. And be relevant to that person yes. rather than myself. We talk a lot in my current team about adding value. It, it's almost a joke, but we truly mean it. When you're having a conversation, you're, you're meeting with someone, you're, you're proposing a solution, whatever the conversation is about, I want to bring something of value to the other person because that's how we maintain the connection. When we're talking about following up, whether it's an interview, a, a, a search a function, whatever that is, if I am always approaching this, that I'm adding value, the chances are better that I'm going to get a response. And when you do that, it's good to have some sort of cadence, right? Set up in advance. If it's for an interview, I'm going to reach out to them when they say, and maybe a week later, and then a week later, and then maybe a month later. Right. And really, you need to make a decision at some point, and we'll talk about uh, um, some ideas there in terms of how long you should continue following up. Uh, as long as the person's engaged would be would yes. be my answer. So, uh, but again, that you're going to judge that based on the responses you've got. If you have not received any responses at all, I wouldn't put a lot of effort into that second or third month. But it may be that you want to go to work for that company and only that company. There are ways to keep that fire burning even on a, a lower level. Which brings up another idea as you were speaking. I kept thinking about different ways to connect with people because it maybe you just are incessantly sending email. Well, probably because that's all you have is their email. Try a phone call. Send a piece of mail. Yeah. A text Change message. Change it up. Do different things yeah. to follow up with this person. Maybe clip an article or print an article off the internet and mail it to them. Hey, thought you'd find this interesting. You know, there's just different ways you can incubate yes. this relationship over time that demonstrates your interest. And you don't want to continually ask them, do you have a job for me? Or can I have this conversation? To your point, sending them a, a, an article, actually, it may seem sort of silly, but it gets you noticed. And if it's a negative, they'll eventually tell you, you know, please stop. Okay, you know, too bad for that one, right? <laughs> but 
you're you're going to get noticed and that's the point the regularity that comes with the the different ways they'd see you say for instance if you're targeting a specific uh, executive or gatekeeper or company and you have a chance to go to uh, different association meetings or networking meetings whatever those look like and they see you every time they're going to have a, a certain amount of trust that they can get to know you a little bit. So as you've got this cadence thing going, the more often they see you in a positive light, the more likely you're going to get a positive response. Another component is to ask for advice. One of the do's that you want to do in terms of following up with people is just to ask them, how would they like to be followed up with? What is a good cadence for them? Take the cue from your audience and and likely if you do what they say, they're more likely to help you. One thing that comes to my mind when I think about asking for advice, what advice would I be looking for if I haven't had any response from the company at all? Well, talk to people who are in the industry or on that level, or maybe it's a recruiter that you've talked with in the past who's trying to help you find a position. I really believe strongly in making friends with people at temp agencies or other kinds of placement services um, because they are very happy to give you advice. Your success is their success. So I look to them for different ideas on how to keep this networking thing alive or my interviewing skills or whatever that is. Ask them for advice. If, if you had one of your candidates asking you this, what would you tell them? Because invariably you're going to hear something that you probably haven't heard or you're going to hear it in a different way. And that subtle shift can put you in a completely new direction. Another consideration is being present and interested. Often we'll follow up with somebody out of self-interest and we're only focused on one thing. So it almost sounds like a broken record. Really, we have to use our intuition and really get into the moment and be present with that conversation so we can meet the needs of the other person. You know, I, I remember uh, not too long ago, actually, I was talking to somebody who didn't care for this uh, man that she had met fairly recently. And it's because he didn't ask her any questions about her and her environment. Well, okay, it's nice to know that there's some mutual interest. But what was interesting is then she could not tell me anything about this other person other than the fact that he hadn't asked her questions. Exactly. Uh, for those of you who couldn't see us, um, <laughs> the, the, the motion in front of your face, Andrew, just Is anybody his, home? Yeah, it's like, but you, if you're not interested in the other person, why on earth would they be interested in you? And if they're not asking the kinds of questions you want to hear, ask them the kinds of questions you want to hear. Because how often do you ask somebody a question and then they turn around and say, how about you? And if they don't, maybe you don't want to know that person any more than you do now, but you can't expect them to be interested in you unless you are showing that. The people that I want to talk to are the ones that are interesting and interested. When you get both sides of that coin and you have the conversation back and forth, that's usually how that 15-minute interview just went an hour and a half. And when you think about it, on top of all that is maybe a little bit of gratitude or thankfulness oh, yeah. for somebody actually saying, you know, 
Thank you for the interview. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being flexible. Allow yourself to give them a compliment or some thanks or some positive vibe so that you can, you know, demonstrate to them what kind of person, what kind of character you have. Well, that also touches on the idea of when your time is up, if you've scheduled a a 15-minute conversation or a 30-minute informational interview, when that 30 minutes is up, you want to acknowledge, hey, I know we're out of time. But I'm free to speak longer if you are, if they are free and they say, oh, yeah, let's keep going. This is going to be a a good conversation. If they say, oh, yeah, it's 30 minutes. I got to go. Maybe they did have something to go. But here's your opportunity to say, "Okay, when can I follow up with you and establish that kind of respect that will in turn deliver on the respect. And by practicing these every time you have a conversation with somebody, you're setting up successful follow-up every single time. Do make a note of when you're supposed to follow up so you actually follow up on time. (laughs) Put it in your calendar. So that's another another do-do. When we think about the don'ts, there are probably as many don'ts as do's, maybe more. Um, But I will say don't overdo it. It's a great idea to follow up very quickly, very soon. And I I just read an article recently that, that talked about these new ideas on how to stand out from the crowd in your follow-up and they're the same pieces of advice that you and I have been giving all along have your thank you notes ready when you walk in so you can personalize it and leave it at the desk before you leave that does set you apart because I'm here to tell you it happens rarely but don't then call them the you know two days later or five days later and then another five days later and then another five days later that can get annoying most of the time people are two days or three days removed for an inter- from an interview where somebody said they would follow up with them and didn't. Right. And so that happens on the company side. I think what we're hearing from the candidates that we coach or we've talked to through Breakfast Club is, hey, I interviewed. I sent the thank you note. I even sent an email. And I followed up with the recruiter three days later. What do I do now? Well, what you don't want to do is be ha- hammering the phone and the email cornering that recruiter to try to get an answer yeah because the recruiter may not have the answer right that's why it's so important if you're at the interview or you're having a networking conversation get their cell number get their email understand what their preferred method of communication yes. is maybe it's direct message through twitter i don't know Who knows? that's but why ask we, them. that's why we ask so the don't i would say is don't forget <laughs> yeah don't forget to gather that information right. so that you can asking use for the it. next steps is critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other don'ts that we want to talk about is don't be afraid of the level at which you follow up with the company. In other words, if you happen to have an opportunity to follow up on your interview but with someone at a higher position, do it. If you happen to run into the president of the company that you just where you just interviewed, have the conversation with the president and say, hey, I just interviewed with your company. What's it like to lead these people or or whatever that question yeah. is? Have a conversation with that person and then ask that person, how can I follow up with you on this? Uh, if it's back to the mailroom, hey, I just interviewed for the manager position. You know, what's it like to work there? That the, the mailroom guy is probably gonna tell you what's going on in the department. The more data points the more information you can collect, the better. That's a great point. The other thing I would say is don't have fear to get back with a hiring manager. Sure. Once you've had an interview, some people think, oh, I'm only supposed to be talking to the recruiter. 
Well, you interviewed with the hiring manager. He's the person or she or that group is going to make the decision to hire you. Talk to them. Why wouldn't you talk to them? Exactly. Get their permission at the interview. I'm giving you some tips, some do's inside the don'ts, if you will. Don't be afraid to reach out to anybody based on level, context, or what have you. Another thing to think about, uh, I have kids and you've had kids, Yep. right? When they were young, it seems like they'd ask me every three seconds, dad, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie, dad? Cookie? Well, you know why they do that. Yeah. To wear you down yeah. until you say yes, just to get and them that out does of your hair. work. It sure does. But it, it makes people angry, <laughs> yeah, or annoyed <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. So don't be annoying. Yeah. Use it, the golden rule instead, right? Well, I like the platinum rule: do unto others as they would have you do unto them. If you're constantly asking, if you're pestering, you're you know when you pester people that this is a, a, a behavior that I think we all understand. Maybe there are some fine lines when it starts. If you, again, think of it, try to think of this from the other person's perspective. If I were to be asked for this information repeatedly, how often is too often? How do I avoid asking too many times the same question? And I think following your your own instincts is probably going to be a good rule of thumb. And recognize that many companies have a process. Yes. So if you're in that process, you don't control that process. And you and, don't and, want to, to give them more information that would weed you out of that process. Right. Because they have a decision to make. Exactly. And if you see the process, which you don't influence, and on a best case scenario, that might be 45 days to onboard somebody, and you're in, in week one, Well, I'd, why would you call that person every other day? How many of us have been in situations where we have every intention of hiring by a specific date and then some other business need comes up that actually pushes that out? It, it is what it is. There's nothing the candidate can do, you know, or the, the hiring manager in many cases to change the, the timing or to keep the timing uh, on its original course. There's just there are so many things that can happen that it's really best to ask for advice from the the recruiter, for example. You know, it's been a while. I'm still very interested. Can you give me some input on where the we might be in the process? And usually recruiters are pretty good about giving you the information you need. Don't do it every five minutes, maybe once a week. Is that what you're yeah. suggesting? I generally give the advice, follow up, Immediately and then a week later, maybe one week after that, and then defer to uh, the monthly. Uh, again, it's going to be different for, for each specific scenario because maybe a two-week period would be appropriate. If you're asking, when can I follow up? That's, that's the answer. What's most important? Don't give up. That is the most important don't. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Right. Never, 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 never give up. Yeah. It, it, it Giving up means to me the idea that, okay, I'm no longer going to continue doing the work that I'm doing, whatever that work may be. In this case, it's looking for work. If you don't give up, you show your persistence, you show that you're dedicated to doing this, that gets noticed. Now, you may not get the job at the company you are looking for, but people will notice that you don't give up. It also, it will get you through those hard times. That brings us to the idea of, hey, I've done the do's. I've managed the don'ts. At what point do I just say, you know what? I just don't want to follow up with this person anymore. And that's going to happen. It, it could be because there's silence. 
He followed up with email, phone calls, voicemails, everything that you know to do, no response. At some point, as they say, fish or cut bait. Personally, when if somebody comes to me at that point and they're asking me, should I cut bait? I would say yes. Because if you've reached that point, your mindset about working for it or with these people has changed. You're becoming frustrated or there is a, a lack of progress on the timeline that it, you feel is appropriate. Whatever this is, you're now starting to make judgments on whether or not you want to continue. That's probably a really good time to say, move on. Engagement is key here. If the person is engaged and you have conversations back and forth and you feel like it's a relationship you want to incubate forever, then put them on a a quarterly schedule, Sure, right? If there's no interview involved or, you know, it just depends on the context. But I think a quarterly schedule for most people is manageable. And even if you're working, I recommend you have about 12 people on that follow-up. That's one person a week. Anybody, working or not, can follow up with one person a week. Absolutely. I, I And I think that's great advice. I, I think the hardest thing to deal with is when you get silence, you know, the crickets. Uh, you've put stuff out there, you've sent the emails, the calls, the whole thing, and you never get a response. I, I would say, coming back to the idea of do the things that bring you results, don't keep doing something if it's not bringing you results. If you're getting silence, move on. And re-engage back into a new process with another company, yeah. another person, or what have you. There's always got to be the next one on the list. Right. And so I would go and focus on that. So remember, the follow-up is a key component to everything you do in search, including the interview or just networking in general. Uh, manage your do's and your don'ts and make a decision at some point to follow up or not with that person. Yeah. When when do you walk away? Right. I, I think, and remember, uh, just as a final thought, the walk away point, knowing when you're going to walk, what your bottom line is, gives you a, a certain amount of power. And it really helps you in your process to move on to other things once you reach that walk away point. Awesome. Well, that's it for Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero four two. And we have a free resource for you. Scott and I put together an ebook. It's called The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's going to help you with a lot of these things we talk about in terms of networking and follow up and all of that jazz. Download that at jobseekersradio.com. There's a little box that'll pop up. Sign up today. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We want to acknowledge the investment of time and attention you've put into this. We really appreciate it. Um, Head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, please if, if you'll just take a, a minute of your time to give us a rate and review, we, we would really be um, grateful for that. We do listen. We do. Give us the feedback, and it's more than likely we're going to incorporate that into future episodes. Yeah, especially if you have questions, we want to hear from you. Well, this is Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, go out and get it done.